What a joyful Sunday. And there's a lot of moving parts and moving people, and um, it's different than a normal Sunday, and we rejoice in that. One of the questions it makes me think is, have you ever had a holy interruption in your life? There are things that feel like they're going to interrupt worship today, and that's okay, that's the way it's going to be, but have you ever had a holy interruption in your life? A kind of message that changed the course of how you thought life was going to go? Today's scripture passages, there are uh, two people who felt that kind of holy interruption from God, Zechariah and Joseph. And we don't always hear their stories during the Advent season. So I want you to listen now to how God is at work in their stories, first from the Gospel of Luke and then from the Gospel of Matthew. But before we begin, will you pray with me? Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us in the waiting, the watching, the hoping, the longing, the rejoicing. Speak to us in the silence and in the singing, and even in my preaching. Speak to us, Lord. Amen. Once... When Zechariah was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the story goes, the whole assembly of people was praying outside. And then there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. But then Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I'm an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. But the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. And not long after Zechariah received this word from Gabriel, Hear, too, this word of God from Matthew's gospel, the first chapter, beginning with verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, says Matthew. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to any kind of public disgrace, 
he planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the, Lord, by the Lord through the prophet. Look, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but they had no marital relations until she had borne him a son, and he named him Jesus. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's my question for you this morning. Have you ever seen an angel? Spent a lot of time thinking about angels this week. I imagine you didn't expect to hear one from the balcony this morning. But one of the things I want to know is that I could recognize an angel if it appeared before me, wouldn't you? In all of my reading and research this week, I have discovered that artists have spent a long time throughout history trying to help us capture what an angel looks like. Do angels have wings? Do they always wear white? And can they really fly? Here's what I've determined. Whatever they look like, they are startling. They are the kind of thing that catches your attention, that causes your head to turn. They don't belong in the scene. And they always provide a kind of holy interruption in the script. For those of you who are used to walking into the sanctuary to see um, plain white walls with just a cross, or maybe if you come during Advent, you're used to just two wreaths on the back, this morning's angel banners are a kind of holy interruption for the eyes. The beautiful artistry of Ellen Phillips created these paper lace banners as an invitation to visual prayer. The angels are, in so many ways, traditional in appearance. They have wings, they're white, they're glorious. You can kind of feel their energy. But what stands out to me most as I reflected upon them this week is what they are offering. The booming sounds of trumpets from two, the voice of singing from this one, and the sound of stars falling like fireworks. These angels aren't just something to look at, they're something to listen for. This season we're asking the question, do you hear what I hear? And so I wonder sometimes, when we start to talk about angels, if we get so hung up on what angels look like that we forget to listen. And if our ears aren't tuned, can we hear the message that they have to bring? The accounts of angels that we get in today's scripture, and in fact all throughout the Christmas story, say very little about what the angels look like. But the angels in the Advent and Christmas story have a lot to say. 
They keep popping up throughout the story because angels are, at their truest form, messengers of God, and they have the best news the world has to hear. The angels have the holy responsibility of sharing the promise of God with ordinary humans, and yet humans who will play a key role in the story of Christ's coming. So the question is not, what does the angel look like, but can we hear the message that they have to bring? For Joseph and Zechariah, what they heard was a kind of holy interruption. These are two men who were carrying about their daily lives, Zechariah with his duties in the temple, Joseph with a humble carpentry business preparing to get married. And yet in these private moments in their ordinary days, these messengers of God change the trajectory of their life forever. The message of the angel seems to do three things. It interrupts, And that interruption strikes a kind of fear inside of them. And then they're called to listen. If I think more about these two characters, Zechariah had surely resigned himself that he was never going to be a father. And so he'd poured himself into his work in the temple, taking his priestly responsibilities seriously. And in the same way, Joseph who is accounted as a righteous man, upstanding as everyone knew him to be, is just trying to avoid awkward conversation with his future mother-in-law. He had come up with a plan to dismiss Mary, to make a shameful problem go away so that he could live his life as expected. They all had plans for just keeping on, keeping on. And the angel's words call for this kind of unexpected left turn in their anticipated course of their lives. The interruptions stir a kind of fear inside of of them. I have read these stories for many, many years, and I have always assumed that the reason the angels start out with do not fear was because of how the angels looked. You don't expect an angel to appear in your room next to you. That must be frightening, right? But I increasingly wonder if the angels begin, do not fear, because they know that we all naturally fear change, and the message that they come to bear is full of it. The messages that they bring to Zechariah and to Joseph, no matter how great and wonderful the news is, interrupted their days and indeed their lives in ways that they were not expecting and that I don't think they were fully ready for. But no matter how afraid they were, what strikes me most is that Zechariah and Joseph listened. Zechariah listened enough to ask the angel a question, and then the angel left him mute for the remainder of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so he had a lot of time to listen. Joseph listened obediently enough to follow the angel's instructions, even if it wasn't easy or popular or what he might have liked to do. And I have to believe that they embraced the interruption and they breathed through the fear because what they heard when they listened was good news. They woke up that morning ordinary people 
living ordinary lives, and in these mundane moments, God chose to interrupt their life so that they could be part of the unfolding story of God. Their wives were going to bear John the Baptist and Jesus the Christ. Salvation is coming, and they get to be a part of it. Do you hear what they hear? The voice of angels, these messengers of God, interrupt our expectations in a way that makes ordinary humans like us part of God's good news and weaves us into this ongoing divine story. Are there messengers of God still speaking holy interruptions into our lives today? The kind that disrupt the flow of life, that stir up a little bit of fear because change is coming, and that call us to listen, to really listen to what God's good news is in your life and mine. If God can call ordinary people and invite them to be part of God's story of salvation, if God can do that for Joseph and Zechariah, then is it possible that God could send a messenger to interrupt your life too. These messages of holy interruption come from angels, and maybe they look like these white-winged seraph that we see in the art, or maybe they look like someone sitting next to you, someone that you share the road of life with. What seems to matter most is that God keeps finding ways to get our attention so that we can hear the good news of God in the midst of the noise of this world. God's message of hope and peace and promise interrupts our expectations, and it just might change the trajectory of our lives if we take the time to listen. To listen through the fear, to listen through the questions, to listen to the truth that God's unfolding story of salvation is still coming here among us now. The angels bring a message of interruption that points us to the birth of Christ. But I couldn't help but think as I read their story about this same kind of interruption that happens at Pentecost that points to the birth of the church, the body of Christ, you and me and all of us here. It was an otherwise ordinary day. Many had gathered for a festival, and suddenly the Spirit interrupted their expected celebration and descended upon them so that the message of God came not just from one angel, but from the whole crowd, from everyone gathered and that crowd all became messengers of God's good news. Everyone gathered was able to listen, and everyone gathered was able to hear and understand so that everyone got to be part of the good news of Jesus the Christ. Was it a frightening day? Maybe. Did it interrupt the natural flow of life? Absolutely. And were they better listeners when they realized that the message they were hearing was full of the good news of God? You bet. But what happens after is important too. 
Because according to Acts, the first thing that those new disciples of Jesus did after that holy interruption at Pentecost, after the messengers of God had the, and the news had been shared, the first thing they did was share in a love feast. They shared an agape meal together. Acts 2 says they broke bread together. They sang songs that tell the story of Christ. They prayed and they listened for God's message of peace. And they often heard that voice of God not through a celestial angel with wings, but through a child or an adult seated right next to them at that love feast who interrupted their lives with God's message of hope and peace and gave them a chance to serve one another in community. So today we're going to do that. We're going to continue that ancient tradition. And is today different than a normal Sunday? Yes. But this holy interruption, this love feast, is a time to respond to the message of the angels and the good news of Christ. It's a time to receive God's love in buns and spiced tea and light passed together. It's a time to listen to the stirrings of our own hearts, of the words of Scripture, and of the texts of the hymns we will sing. As we come to the love feast, are you open to your life being interrupted today? And are you prepared to hear the word of God from an unlikely angel? Do you hear what I hear? Amen. <laughs>